Judge is ready. How are you doing, Kurt? Why, Melissa, I declare oh. I feel like I have seven hats to wear, but only one head to put them on. What is happening? Yes, ma'am. I'm rich in things to do, but when it comes time to get them done, I'm poor as Job's turkey. No, no. Have you got, Kurt, have you gone down the Tennessee Williams rabbit hole? One man has one great, good, true thing in life. One great, good thing that is true. I had friendship with Skipper. You are naming it dirty. We don't even know anyone named Skipper. I feel all the time like a cat on a hot tin roof. You are not even acting in that play. You're the stage manager. Sometimes it's hard to separate the actor from the acting, even when the situation don't call for it. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. We've received conflicting thoughts from listeners on the same topic, acting in speech. After debating the difference between acting and interp, has acting creeped into speech? Should we outlaw or allow it? This, this is, is Forensics, Forensics Faces. Should we start the podcast now? Yeah. Let's, let's start the do podcast it. now. Okay. Hi. This is this podcast starting. Yeah. Uh, that's how we did it. That's yeah. how we started this it. This is how week. we're doing it now. Um, so, hey, Melissa. How, Hi, how is life? How are you doing? Um, I am very tired mm-hmm. and I am an introvert in desperate need of a quiet space. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. How are you? I'm much the same. Great. That actually, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I'm a little less tired today than I have been the last few days. I actually got to sleep in this morning, uh, but that I did have, nice. it was nice, but we did have the the matinee for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof this afternoon. So uh, that is also when you and I worked together on this podcast outline, because <laughs> there are some stretches during act two where Brick and Big Daddy are just talking at each other for like 20 pages. And I was like, good should we do this podcast today like what are we doing about (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, thank god for google docs yes and gchat exactly getting everything done um and you had to work today yeah i was at work at at 7 a.m today because i hosted a large contingency of college students from around southeastern wisconsin for uh what was called an innovation sprint so they were there until five o'clock today and so yeah it was pretty cool I, um, and they're physically running as they innovate? No, they're just sitting in conference rooms. That but seems misleading. It is misleading, but I will Probably say... Probably smells better, though. Yeah. I mean, here's the problem, though. Okay. I was a bad vegan yesterday at Arrowhead, which we'll get to. And so today I told myself, be a good vegan, Melissa. It's in, in your heart. Be a good vegan. But for lunch today, they ordered Faze Pizza. And Faze Pizza is a local Sheboygan pizza that is delicious. It's thebomb.com. It's so good because it's thin crust and it's good quality cheese and it's great. Mm-hmm. Everything's and made in-house. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I walked past those pizzas. They offered them to me for lunch. I turned them down. I was trying not to eat sauce bread because at that point, it's just like a sauce cracker because it's mm-hmm. thin crust. So instead of eating pizza today, I ate three bananas three apples and an orange. And so all I want to do right now is, I mean, yeah, we're going to record this podcast, but all I'm thinking in my head is how I'm going to eat tater tots when I get home. (laughs) Because the one comfort in life I have right now is that tater tots are vegan. But I was standing at the table, like helping clean up the boxes and, and was just talking aloud to myself, like debating with this pizza about why I couldn't have it. 
And then a group uh. of students walked past to ask a question of the coordinator and just saw me, the office manager for the building they were in, literally talking to a pile of boxes of pizza. <laughs> so if that doesn't tell you anything about my mental and emotional state. No, that, no, that, that pretty much describes it. Yeah. So apologies to everybody who was yelling at us this weekend at Arrowhead for we're not sorry. putting out a podcast we're last weekend. Like, we're really, like, I know that everyone is busy and I know that, and I, we don't want it to seem like we're not committed to this podcast because yes, last Sunday we did record and hopefully by now you've already listened to it because it went up this afternoon mm-hmm. and you can hear how tired we are and It is quite obvious that we were pretty slap happy last weekend. And it's Uh, less now that I'm tired and more just like my strings are pulled tightly. mm -hmm. We're pretty worn down. Like this time of year, we're we're pretty worn down. And you and I keep saying yes to things which are dumb. Yeah, I need to. Can someone who's really good at saying no to things teach me how to say no to this? Because I don't know how to say no to this. This being anything that anyone ever asks of me. Also, Hamilton reference, just in case anybody missed it. If you missed it, I'm sorry. Anyways, um, so let's talk a a little bit about Arrowhead. I want you to read verbatim (laughs) what you wrote on the outline about Mm. uh, Arrowhead head coach Steve Schmidt. Well, here's the thing. I don't think Steve is technically the head coach because he's listed on all the stuff as the assistant coach this year. I think oh, there's okay. A, there are different people who are they, like, there's an advisor and then two assistant coaches. So we'll refer to it as Arrowhead assistant coach Steve Schmidt. Yeah, I'll, I'll amend. <laughs> Arrowhead coach Steve Schmidt, who is the one I am most familiar with. Although yeah. we did get to know Yeah, we get to hang Rain. out with Rain and so she perhaps is delightful. Before you read this, we should just offer some context, which is that we got to hang out with Rain yes. uh, all day on Saturday because mm-hmm. we were in their North Campus. Yep, doing Second the Campus Squad. There. Yeah, it's just what we do. And um, had a lovely time. And also some of their former students were there helping mm-hmm. with intake. And they just kept telling us things that Steve does, like how smart he is, what a good cook he is. How delightful he is with his daughters, how yeah. kind and loving he is to his wife, how funny he is as a teacher. And it was horrible. So, so as a result. This is how I'm going to describe him. <clears throat> Steve Schmidt is a cinnamon roll too pure for this world. He is a golden retriever who got a wish granted and became a human man who is good at everything. End quote. There it is. He, like, I want you all, if you know Steve Schmidt, to think about this. He is a golden retriever come to life. He is delightful and loving and a little bit scatterbrained, but in a way that is just so endearing. And we love him. (laughs) He is a constant, consistent delight. How dare you? Yes. I went into the tab room to check in <laughs> yesterday and he was printing his schedules and he said, I'm g- Melissa, I'm going to be on time. And then jumped into the air. No, really? And fist pumped. And I was like, uh, like it's eight ten in the morning. And he's like, see that. I was like, where is, how are you not like. Why? I just loved like the cafeteria moment when like it was time for that meeting and he got up on that chair. Yeah. And I was like, in the, in will, the judges meeting, you will pay attention to me now. And I was like, yes. Also, he sh- he like gave us a really subtle like shout out during a judges meeting, which yes, we caught it. Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you. We blushed. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Also, his, I, I very much enjoyed his judges lounge. They had mm-hmm. lot, they had options. So for, much food. So much food. There was leftover food, which like never happens. But no. yeah, I got to, I got to have vegan chili. And then I cheated with a salted caramel chocolate cookie. 
Which was, Which was amazing. Which they actually like put away because they didn't all get eaten. That's how much great food there was at this tournament. So shout out to the Arrowhead parent conglomerate that ran their judges lounge. They were delightful. Congrats. But, Congratulations on a really good judges lounge. Yeah. Also, I just really, I like going to the South because we have so many great friends down there. Yeah, it was and it nice was so to delightful to-, to get to chat with them. And yeah, they always have just like the best stories. <laughs> and I just love chatting with people. And yeah, I'll say it, gossiping with people and hearing the newest things that have happened down in their area yeah. because we're all up in the North all the time. So it's <laughs> nice just to hear about those things and also just commiserate because as we've said before, there are plenty of problems that coaches have that are universal. Yeah. Whether you are Northern, Southern Wisconsin or Southern California, we all live the same pain. And that's nice to remember sometimes. One of those pains being a dance going on in the gym while waiting for the award ceremony. I managed to, to avoid this completely. I, I made sure I was not present for even one second of it, though I could hear it from down the hallway. Yeah. You know how I feel about award ceremonies. You know how I feel about nonsense at award ceremonies. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. it. Um, I, at one point, was going to go in early and sit with my students and got, like, part of the way in and like just literally turned around it was very loud it was very weird I felt very uncomfortable there were bare midriffs which I'm not shaming it just I was not expecting it sometimes you need to be prepared for an exposed midriff and I was not prepared for (laughs) it um yeah it was and it was trigger warning yeah it was also just like kind of a crazy award ceremony in general it was a lot because it's is such it, a weird space to have an award ceremony in yeah, being we, a gym because they can't fit the, their tournament was so large they can't fit us anywhere else mm-hmm. so as long as they have somewhere but the sound system isn't great in there the noise level is made for loud yeah, cheering it sounds like you're in a gym yeah and so and so yeah definitely the atmosphere was more of like a sporting event with lots of like ruckus yelling and I called it ruckus it was probably quite polite but it just it got no loud. it was not polite it, it was, was so like, loud for and for me it was too much I was super super proud of my cot from my guys for like being really polite and participating and being engaged but like yeah my students my students just kept turning around to look at me and being like what what's happening are they I, like one of them just turned around and was like is everyone okay and I was like I don't think they are but I'm going to do this and I, I debated whether or not I was going to bring this up, but I'm going to do it. Normally at award ceremonies, you are facing one direction. Yep. And you are facing the stage. So you don't see what's going on around you. But at this award ceremony, because you are in bleachers and you are facing each other, you can see what's happening. And I was genuinely disappointed by the amount of coaches who I saw not standing for champions. Yep. It's Guys, we can see you now. Disheartening <laughs> completely. Yeah. yeah, it sucks to stand that many times. And there are people who have medical exceptions, but there are plenty of people who, one, just, one, don't even clap, and two, that are not standing for champions. And that's not saying a good example to your own students. It's not saying a good example to the students around you or the coaches around you at all. And so I'm sorry that you have to stand 22 times or however many times it is, depending on the categories that are happening Mm -hmm. and how many divisions there are. But it is part of what we do. It's part of what we do. It's part of the recognition. And there are kids who like visualize that as a goal. Mm -hmm. So don't take it away from them. Guys, be nice to kids. One way to be nice to kids is to stand when they get champion. Yes. 
Uh, speaking of kids who like have that moment, I really loved your storyteller who got first place this weekend. Like I would point to, I wish somebody had had a camera on her because I would point to Camilla as like the example of what I love to see in a reaction from somebody who wins a tournament. Mm-hmm. And there were several kids like that on, yeah. sa- on Saturday, but like she was like the pinnacle of it where she was just like surprised Mm -hmm. but happy and gracious and like she stood there and accepted the moment but like not for too long and then like grace graciously walked to her team until Mm -hmm. she got close enough that she was kind of out of the spotlight and then did like just the little little shuffle yep and then got like embraced by her teammates and I was like that was the right way to do it Mm -hmm. and I also love that moment a lot of wrong ways to do it people who looked like they expected to win people who didn't win who then made the face like they expected to win Uh people who made too much of a show of like let's all shake hands um when like really you need to be like going because like we want to keep it mm-hmm. keep keep the uh the award ceremony flowing so yeah. like now is not your moment to like make sure that everybody knows you're you're tight with the crew who just won mm-hmm. um or like running from your seat to go embrace somebody who's still getting their trophy yeah especially like, when they're not first place yeah it's it's not that's not okay in my book like that definitely goes against award ceremony decorum and for me it's not even necessarily the issue of decorum it's that when you do that you are distracting an entire audience from someone else's moment right you have tunnel visioned for your specific purpose and so you are taking away from someone who people are not paying attention to the next name that's being read or like like you could be taking away from someone who that might be the only time that they're getting that second place and their team wants to have their moment too. But everyone is like watching you have your spectacle of sorts. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like talk down upon it. I understand getting excited and that sort of thing, but there's a way to be excited in a way that doesn't take away from the next person's moment. Right. Cause obviously like, yeah, my student who is a freshman won first place at a storytelling tournament and I want to like embrace her and be excited for her. And so does her entire team who've been like rallying behind her and she's worked so hard to get there. But I also know that one, it's the last category. So everyone's ready to move on to the team awards and two, it's not our place to like cause a big scene. And so we were we, like, just remember that there are other people who are also getting that moment. And so you don't want to be a distraction. Yeah. So this has come up a few times now and maybe it's time like this is off off the outline, but Mm. like we've talked about award ceremonies and etiquette like several times now this year. And maybe it's a good time for those who don't know that like there was a time, uh, this was when I was in high school, uh, shortly before you were in high school, there was a team that was actually disqualified from competing at competitions for a whole year. Like they were penalized. I forget if it was every competition or just at state or they weren't considered for team awards, but their kids still competed. There was some sort of penalty put upon a team for cheering at ceremonies. And it's because the cheering got to the point that it was it was no longer gracious. It was poor sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. And when I say cheer, I don't mean like a whoop and a holler. And like they came up with cheers. Like they would say things that indicated that they were the best. And when they would win a tournament, they would do this cheer. And all the other teams were still in the room and we could hear them basically bragging about being the best. Rude. And and so that happened. And then the, the uh, organization took action because it clearly... Uh, was a celebratory moment for them and they were exuberant and happy and and that was and that was fine except 
it's sort of that thing like your personal rights only extend as far as like you start infringing upon somebody else's Mm -hmm. like their celebration started to infringe upon other teams ability to enjoy their success because they didn't take first place or, you know, and sometimes, I mean, it was a a cheer that they did every week and it didn't matter if they took first place or not. It was still like something to proclaim that they were the best and everybody else couldn't measure up. Mm -hmm. And I'm worried that the exuberance that's being displayed, like we are on a path to that place again. Mm -hmm. So I would just one for coaches who did not know about that, like know that this has happened. This is a part of our history, mm-hmm. like our pretty recent history. I'm sure there are many of you who remember that happening. Um, so like be conscious of the fact that like your celebration can infringe on somebody else's ability to enjoy the moment. And you don't want to take away from another team or especially another individual. Yeah. Be nice to kids. Think about that next person whose name is being called who like, didn't get their moment because you were screaming for the person that you're excited about. Mm -hmm. My rule is that if, if they are anywhere from finalist to first, the woo should not go more than a second past the clap. Like it should be while you are clapping. Exactly. And and occasionally it happens a little bit after, but you should just get a woo and then you can embrace them Mm -hmm. when they come back. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't always work. I've got some like sportos on my team who are used to like getting so pumped. And so it's like, we got to bring it down. Yeah. But yeah, I, don't, I, I would be very saddened if we had to completely take away a lot of some of the things that are joyful about our ceremony, but we, we, we're towing that line between joyful and... Appropriate. I was about to say another word that started with a J that was not appropriate, but right. yeah, <laughs> from joyful to jerk. Yeah. So yeah. things um, to think let's, about. Speaking of sports, let's transition out of this into uh, an anecdote from our weekend <laughs> that I just found really enjoyable, <laughs> which was the moment on Saturday when we're driving home from Arrowhead Union High School when our bus driver decided this group full of forensics people obviously wants to hear the last few minutes of the Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> basketball game. <laughs> and... And like it starts playing over the speakers and you have never seen like a bus full of people get so confused about what was happening. Like it took a solid 30 seconds for any of us to figure out what he had turned the radio on to be because he turned it on quite loudly. Yeah. And so we were all like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know if he was trying to turn on for like a traffic report or something. because we were outside of Milwaukee. But then we like someone was like, oh, it's it's for the Badgers. And I had I turned to the people around me. I was like are we playing basketball? Yeah. (laughs) And then, so it was just everyone being so confused and like, so like everyone just looking around, like like, not knowing what's happening. Is somebody going to tell him that like, this is the wrong crowd? Like who's going to take action? And then like, I firmly decided within like 30 seconds that I was letting it happen. It's not me. If if this bothers other people enough, they can go tell the bus driver to turn it off. Yeah. I had figured out like like, the time of the game. Podcast is in. Yeah. You were good. it up. No, I had forgotten my headphones, but I had heard the time left in the game and I was like, Oh, it's the end of the game. He's letting us know. So then it was like Badgers win. And the reaction was just, Woo? Was there even one? Yes. Woo? Yes. Okay. There were a couple of like woo, <laughs> and then and then yeah, and then he shut it off, and we were like, okay, yeah, back to like, silence. Nothing. Um, I and like the look on his face was like, well, I guess they don't care. Yeah, I guess <laughs> like we're done now. Turned it down. It Sorry, like, bus driver. You can see man. him try to be like, whoo, wasn't that a gate? No, no, no one. Oh, okay. Okay. Nope, we have nothing for you, bus driver, yeah. sir. <laughs> Literally. Nothing. Not one single adult on that bus cared, for sure. 
And I don't even None really of my kids did, I know for sure. I think I had two, I have one student who's a former, who like played basketball this year, and, but she like wasn't, she doesn't really care about collegiate basketball. So she was mm-hmm. just like, she's the one who was like, oh, oh, it's basketball. Okay. And then like when I was like, and the Badgers win. So she was like, woo. And then another student who recognized that it was Badgers. So she was just like, woo. And that was the whole thing. That was the extent thing. of it. Yeah. So that was, that was a fun bus driver moment for us this yes. weekend. Thanks, bus um, driver man. All right, so uh, quickly before we move on, the Antonio update. We, he was with us again yep, in the second, second campus, campus squad. squad. Uh, again, can you just read what you wrote? Sure. Uh, quote, Antonio is a bright beacon of beauty in gray and black. Melissa feels underdressed constantly. I oh, wrote you, undressed. Yes, I like, Whoa, oh, I wrote so- Melissa feels undressed constantly. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? Antonio, <laughs> the elbow patches get me so good. <laughs> I was wondering. Oh my god! Why I wanted you to yeah, read it? Yeah, I did I not like, realize I'd I written undressed. Yes. Whoops and dips. Okay. Yeah, guys, I wrote the script this week because I had a little free time while the event was happening today, and apparently I did a poor job outside of the fact that I found the perfect way to describe Steve Schmidt. That's true. You you get all the gold stars for that, anyways. Thank you. Um, all right, let's move on to this week's. Let's topic. get some content going. Um, we actually. Uh, got some feedback from listeners that Yay. we love getting emails. Please, emails. Yeah, keep sending it. Um, we, we got two emails that were talking about the same topic, yes. but actually coming at it from completely different sides. Who knew? This is crazy. So it is now our topic today. Yes. Um, and so we are going to be talking about acting in speech categories. Yes. We've, we've covered acting in interp and like, what's the difference? Uh, but we've never talked about acting in an in a speech. But we've been talking about it a lot in tab rooms and, and judges lounge this season. So. so why don't you start with uh, the first email that uh, we're going to read is from a student who sent us yes. uh, this question. And then I will read an email from a coach who sent mm-hmm. us uh, a question regarding the same topic. All right. It begins. Hello, forensic spaces. Hello, kind listener. (laughs) I've noticed something more over the last season than I have in my previous one. It has drove me to anger and confusion at the hands of student competitors who may not know better or have a coach with a different philosophy than mine. The problem I have seen is this. Acting or snapping into categories, into characters in a speech category, specifically special occasion. I have seen people come nearly to tears as in solo serious or within the blink of an eye become Barbie and Ken. This tactic feels like cheap excuses to not have meat to a speech, but I must be missing something because they make it into final rounds near consistently. I would like to know your thoughts on this topic and or if possible, an episode addressing the topic, exploring various opinions. Well, here we are. Here we go. Here we go. Um, And then we received uh, this email from a coach. Um, I'll get to the paragraph that actually addresses this, though there was more. Thank you for the rest of the email. While I wholeheartedly support fewer rules or more relaxed rules for the kids to encourage creativity, I really want to see more rules for judges. Put them in a box and try to prevent and or discourage personal opinions. For example, here is a comment that I've been seeing in SpecOc for seven years now. Kids get the comment that they are too acty. I believe there should be a rule that specifically allows acting. In my opinion, it's practically defined as acting because it's a speech to a fictitious audience from a fictitious speaker. Plus, there is no other self-written acting category. That's the part of the, the email that addresses this topic specifically. So two different perspectives mm-hmm. coming at it from two different angles. So shall we say what our personal opinions 
are to begin or should we save that towards the end? Yeah, no, why don't why don't you address it right now? Okay. From the Melissa Gabrielson end of coaching and judging, I believe that special occasion is but a speech category. I believe that it is as we've discussed on the podcast before, I feel like speech is set as the unglamorous aspect of forensics. I feel like it can be really hard to get kids to do speech sometimes. And I feel like people do things because they think it makes a category more interesting or they think they have to do something to make their speech more interesting. And the decision that they choose to make is to become characters and snap between characters or move themselves to tears. I think that there are ways to be powerful. There are ways to be funny. There are ways to be engaging as a speaker that are on the other side of the line that pushes you into characterization and snapping and those sorts of things. Um, I believe the wording that I used in the uh, script is, is there a line or just a foggy swamp? Mm -hmm. And I believe that there is indeed a line. And I feel like most judges in their mind know what it is. And so for me, I believe that special occasion should not have acting and characterizations inside of it. Her graves. Um, so I will again give my personal opinion. Um, I and I've talked about this on the podcast before. I actually think special occasion should be written from the perspective of the student, but at some point in their life. Like when I coach special occasion, I encourage my kids to think about the occasion as something that could actually happen mm-hmm. in real life. Um, which is not the trend. Like there are many special occasions that do take it to an extreme, uh, you know, in in some sort of fantasy element or sci-fi element or Mm -hmm. future element. Um, And and so that is my own coaching preference that like if if you're going to write a special occasion speech, I think you should write it about a situation that could actually happen to you. And so you are making a lot of that up, but I think it should be based in the real world. So the way I coach the writing of a special occasion speech my student would not end up acting. Yeah. So this would not be, this would probably be something that they would see in rounds and would get as frustrated as our student listener Mm -hmm. um, because their coach would have encouraged them not to take this route. Yeah. Um, That being said, so that's, that's how I feel about it personally. Mm -hmm. But my analysis of the situation is that we don't actually have a rule that discourages, like, like that specifically says what special occasion should be. Mm-hmm. They are allowed to make that up. And so if they are allowed to make that up, and this is, this is what I would like to see cleaned up. I would like to see our definition of special occasion speaking yeah. cleaned up, which would then prevent this argument from even happening. But since it's allowed, I don't know that I would say that it's wrong Mm-hmm. Even if it's not my jam, like this is one of those times where when I'm a judge, I would have to look at the student who is doing it as a realistic. This might happen to me someday speech mm-hmm. and judge that for what it is and then look at the student who's doing the crazy outside the box. Uh, you know, I made up a fantasy and I'm now giving a speech in that fantasy world and try to judge that for what it is. That gray area, that foggy swamp, mm-hmm. is is what I th- I st- I struggle with when I'm judging the category because they can be so different. I know what I like, I know what I coach, mm-hmm. but if the rules don't specify that that's what it should be, I feel like I can't penalize the kid who gets far more creative or acty 
than the kid who embraces the more realistic side of it. And see, for me, there's the ideal that you can have a student who can give a speech that is set in a sort of a in a fantasy or it can be set in a, like a non-realistic setting, but still be given as a speech. Like I've, I've had students who have gone on to give a special occasion where we do allow them to take a creative topic. Cause as we talked about before, we, we want to sort of get out of the way mm-hmm. and let them try things. But if, if you are, if you are snapping between multiple characters or you are taking on a vocal affectation or an accent or something that is unnatural, that's when I'm like, okay, like then, then that's why it's important to have that third word in the category title, which is speaking. It's one of the only, it's one of the few categories where the word speaking is actually in it. And we've talked about, we talk about this at coaching clinics and judges clinics about the idea of how a lot of categories have expectation. And one of the things that comes with that expectation is where we have cataloged them in our mind as Mm -hmm. interp acting or speech. And that's one of the places where all those things blur together is what makes interp different from acting. And now we're talking about what makes acting different from speech. And so there's that idea of whether or not it's, because we have the word speaking in it, if it was just like a special occasion presentation, then we wouldn't necessarily label it as speaking. But I think because we have that, that speaking in it is one of the things that will make people have that comment. Like this is too acting. Cause this is not special occasion acting, special occasion speaking. But again, the rules aren't saying that you can't have characterization and you can't like snap between different people who might be giving the presentation. Mm-hmm. The rules don't put you against that, but it's that idea that we all have our personal expectation of what certain categories are and what they provide to an audience, what a student presents to that audience. And so we have to figure out whether or not our rules match the sort of entire association's expectations or whether or not it's expectation versus preference versus rules. Mm -hmm. And that's why this whole so, thing is very sloppy. Here's what I'd be interested to learn. And I think we gotta we gotta throw this back to the category committee. So um current, John Rademacher. Yeah, currently that's John Rademacher and Ron Steinhorst as co uh chair people for that. Um next year, who knows it'll, who it'll be? Ben Kroll, president. We serve at the pleasure of the president. We serve at the pleasure of the president. Yeah. Um I assume it will be from that same group. Yeah, I'll um, leave those guys again. Uh, and we know John listens. So like, I would love to hear from the category committee if any talk has ever been had about uh, clarifying special occasion or yeah. in the picking of the special occasion topics, if they ever think about, uh, you know, are these topics that like a student can actually think about the student giving the speech? Because mm-hmm. that is one thing that does make it harder is often they are special occasions in which a 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kid is not going to find themselves. It's something, it is something that an established professional would give. It is something that an adult would give. And so then we have to ask them to kind of grow up in their head. And then there's a, so many more things about creativity that have to come into it. It often then is not set in the present because they're having to imagine themselves grown up and they picture that 20 years down the line. Um, Have we ever had a season of special occasions every one of which could be given by a teenager. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious about whether or not, because special occasion is one of our crossover categories with the WHSFA, if they have similar issues where people believe that what's being presented comes across as 
an acting monologue that or whatever it might is be. is exactly going to be my second point, yeah. which also like category committee is one of the few committees that actively engages with HSFA mm-hmm. because they pick our topics and yep. we want to make sure they're the same across both organizations. Yeah. I'd love to hear, is the HSFA struggling with this too? Mm-hmm. Because we've been talking about it a different. lot the last, like this yeah. season more than I've talked about it in the past before, but I've talked about it with other coaches. It's a conversation that I had with my student who said, I want to try to push this to be more acting. And I told him, you're not in an acting category. You're mm-hmm. in what in my mind is labeled as a speaking category. So we need to be concentrating on the speech aspect of it. We can work on things like energy. We can work on things like personality without bringing in a new personality. Right. So those are the things I think of, but it, it's a struggle that we've been having. But this season more than ever is a discussion that I've been been a part of mm-hmm. with multiple versions. Well, and of I folks. understand how we got here too. Which again yeah. is like I think I still think the root of the problem is the way the speeches are written. But again, if 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 we allow speeches to be written creatively and and fictitiously, and and as the coach in his email rightly points out, like it is often a fictitious speech mm-hmm. given by a fictitious person. Like that does open the door for acting in that speech category. Um, and so I, I think the solution is clear, which is to uh, bring back public address and get rid of special occasion. Okay. How about we just bring back public address? <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it. You just keep, you keep doing you, boo boo. And the rest of us are just going to hold. I, no, I. I'm the holdout. I, I still no, love public I, address. I feel, no, you, I feel like if we can. Not that aside. I want, not that I want more categories. That's not what I'm saying. And aside from the special occasion topic, if we can find a way to bring public address back into our association's available categories and ensure that the topics we are providing to students are engaging to them, then we can bring back public address. But we just had a, a bout of years where the topics provided that they had that limitation within, students would just really heavily favor one because it was actually engaging and interesting to them. And then it became difficult for judges. It, students then became disengaged from the category in general. So I, I did public address. Public address is what made me good at forensics. It was what made me feel connected to the sport. It's probably one of the reasons I'm still here now, billion years later. And I would love to see it back. I talk about often how I wish that speech was better in our association. And we found a way to make it more glamorous. But... <laughs> I hate you. Um, It's a conversation for another day. And yeah, good luck getting everyone in our association to add something back without taking something else away. No, I don't. I'm not harboring that. Well, that's a a replacement. That's my dream. Repeal and replace. Yeah. But special occasion also translates well collegiately. So like it. Yeah. It's Fine. It's a thing. Do we miss so anything? That's that's our perspective. Good. We'd love if and so now you know, guys, if you send us an email about a topic, we will actually talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it gets put in a folder called future topic question yeah. mark. And then we can when we're like, what should we talk about? We can rely on the feedback of our listeners. Also, I let me just stress how heartwarming it is for you all to walk up to me at judges lounges and be like, are you Melissa from the podcast? Like I believe it was, was a Burton who walked up to me. He was like, I recognize your voice. I was like, Oh my gosh. And I feel really bad because the reason you recognize my voice is because I was talking crap at John Malseric from across the overflow room. <laughs> 
But it just it I I love hearing those stories. I love every time that Amy Geyser just tells us about like how we fixed her day, and she like has us like she had me tearing up in the tab room this week. But if you are a fan, please do not. I also I don't like I feel like fan is a weird word. Like do people be fans of us? So that's why I'm gonna say listeners. If you are a listener. Please do not hesitate to come up to us. We are readily available. I want to hear about the things you want to hear us talk about. And yeah, we're we're not competing anywhere this weekend, but we're going to be at state and most likely yes. we'll, we'll we will want to see you. Come get a sticker from us. We have stickers. We do. Yeah, Yay, which which I, I've been trying to give out anytime someone comes up to me and tells me about how much they enjoy the podcast. I try to make sure I get you a sticker somehow. Or so. if you have a critique We'll give you a sticker yeah. if you have if you tell us how much you don't enjoy the podcast. Yeah, if you just don't you like those anyways. silly episodes. Yeah. Then we <laughs> will still give you a sticker. Cause we just want to know that you're listening. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. lovely, loyal listeners. Yeah. Okay, so again, apologies for not having a podcast last week. But this week you're getting one what is today, Sunday, and you're getting one Monday. On Monday. No. And- and you'll get one on Wednesday. So you're getting three this week, you guys. And that better make up for it. I am sorry. We are we are trying so hard. <laughs> we are trying so hard. We We're are running ourselves ragged. As one loved one in one of our lives would say, we are spreading ourselves too thin. And that's okay. Because you know what? We're taking a week off, which... For the Sheboygan South, this is the first week that my team has taken off Mm -hmm. since the very first tournament of the season. It's going to be delightful, but... It's our first full weekend off. Yeah. We did did end up not going to New London because we didn't have the entries, but we still did CFL on Sunday. Yeah. So I, it, 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 we're go, we're trying, and we have some we in just in trying to come up with topics today. We have some really exciting episodes we're going to be recording, mm-hmm. and we're we're still going to be recording through state for sure, and through national qualifiers, and we've got plenty of topics we want to talk about outside of regular season. So if you, there are things you want to hear us talk about, let us know because you are you, listeners like you are what helped make today's podcast. Come to fruition. (laughs) Today's podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Oh my gosh, that was so good. You're welcome. That was like the PBS thing. I know. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. got that? Great. Reading rainbows. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, so yeah, thank you for talking to us. Thank you for sending us emails. And just thank you for listening. I'm just feeling very grateful today. Yeah, me too. Me too. So we'll talk to you again next week. Forensics Faces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, and yes, I used the word fan, please give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to tell other people about the podcast using hashtag tripod. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Forensics Faces, and more information is always available at ForensicsFaces.com. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak, preferably in that order. Mm